Welcome. I'm Dr. Bill Valenti, Chair of MISNI's Infectious Diseases Committee, and today I'll be discussing the current measles outbreak in New York State. So first, what is measles? According to the CDC, measles is one of the most contagious diseases caused by a virus. It lives in the nose and throat, the mucous membranes of an infected person, and it's airborne. It spreads through the air when an infected person coughs or sneezes, and it can live for up to two hours or so in an airspace where an infected person has coughed or sneezed. And if there are other susceptibles, people who are not immune in the area and breathe that contaminated air or touch their mouth, eyes, or nose, they can become infected as well. Once exposures occurred, symptoms appear about 7 to 14 days later. Measles also is contagious before the onset of the rash from about 4 days prior to and 4 days after the rash appears. Measles is most contagious while people have fever, runny nose, and cough. Measles is a highly contagious virus, and there are experiments that have looked at this that show up to 90% of susceptible people who are within about six feet of an infected individual will also become infected. Measles also is a human disease and is not spread by any other animal species. Let's talk about some of the potential complications from measles. About one in 10 children develop an ear infection that can result in permanent hearing loss. Diarrhea is reported less often, less than that one in 10. Potential severe complications include pneumonia. One in every 20 children will develop pneumonia, the most common cause of measles-related death in young children. The other severe complication is encephalitis or brain swelling that occurs in one of about every thousand children with measles and can lead to seizures, deafness, or intellectual disability. And up to two of every thousand children who get measles will die from it. So it can be fatal. Measles in pregnant women can cause premature birth and low birth weight. And kids under about five years of age and adults over 20 are more likely to suffer complications from measles. Prevention. The best way to prevent measles is to get the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine or the MMR vaccine. Two doses are recommended. The first dose takes place between about 12 and 15 months of age and the second between four and six years of age. The good news is that those two doses of MMR vaccine are 97% effective at preventing measles. The one dose is effective, but much less so, about 93%. real recommendation is to get that second dose of vaccine. And for those people who have had only one dose of vaccine, get that second dose. And repeating that dose is not harmful. This vaccine is very well tolerated. Let's talk a little bit about the measles outbreak in the New York City area and some new guidelines that have been issued around that particular outbreak. Administer an early extra dose of MMR to infants 
beginning at six months, six months to 11 months of age, who live in or regularly spend time in the affected areas of New York City, the Williamsburg, Borough Park, Crown Heights areas, or areas outside of New York City that are experiencing measles activity, Rockland County being one example. Consider an early extra dose of MMR for infants 6 to 11 months of age who are members of the Orthodox Jewish community in New York City and who live outside of Williamsburg, Borough Park, or Crown Heights. By orders of the health commissioner, anyone six months or older who lives or works or resides in Williamsburg, these zip codes, 11205, 206, 211, and 11249, must receive at least one dose of MMR or have proof of measles immunity. These guidelines are similar for anyone traveling internationally where a number of countries are experiencing measles outbreaks. Let's talk about how to recognize measles. The first phase lasts about two to four days and includes a prodromal fever up to 105 degrees, cough, coryza, rhinitis, and conjunctivitis. So this is very much an upper respiratory disease. The second phase lasts five to six days and includes a rash that spreads from the face to the neck. But remember that this rash is really indistinguishable from several other viral rashes that we see in young people. So the rash itself is not pathognomonic. What is pathognomonic though? One of the most distinctive diagnostic features of measles, coplic spots. These appear before the rash, about two to three days before the rash, and are seen as clustered white punctate lesions, generally opposite the lower first and second molars. And as I said, they're pathognomonic for measles. Look for white spots, tiny white spots, opposite the lower first and second molars. Measles should also be considered with a febrile rash, and clinically compatible measles symptoms, especially as traveled internationally, where we're seeing outbreaks of measles. And two that come to mind are Israel and regions in Southeast Asia. In addition to travel, just that New York City area where many of these cases are concentrated. There is lab confirmation that can be used for the acute infection simple blood test, or real-time PCR that can be done on respiratory specimens. And the recommendation is the providers obtain both a serum sample and a throat swab from patients suspected of having measles. Let's talk a little bit about immunity, specifically what they call herd immunity and why it's decreasing. Herd immunity is the kind of immunity that occurs when the vaccination of a significant proportion of the population or herd provides a measure of protection for people who do not have immunity. In other words, we're trying to interrupt the transmission of infection here. Various New York State regulations and health codes require that every student entering or attending public, private, or parochial school in New York State be immune to the following. Diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, measles, mumps, rubella, polio, hepatitis B, varicella, and meningococcus, and in accordance with ACIP, Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices recommendations. 
In the 2018-19 school year, meningococcal immunization is required for grades 7, 8, 9, and 12. Exceptions will be made for medical reasons. Students can also be waived from vaccination requirement if vaccines are contrary to parents' sincere religious beliefs. And while some exemptions have existed for decades, it is beginning to appear that more parents are claiming them in recent years. And CDC data shows that non-medical exemptions have been growing slowly over the past decade in the United States. And the World Health Organization has identified this as vaccine hesitancy. This vaccine hesitancy, they say, is an emerging global health threat. Remember, we're trying to interrupt or prevent transmission of infectious diseases here. And with suboptimal population or herd immunity, we have problems that we're seeing today. Now, historically, the term vaccination goes back to about 1803. And vaccine resistance or hesitancy has been around almost as long. Some of the reasons for that autonomy, fear of unintended side effects or unsafe ingredients, spiritual or philosophic beliefs have been consistent as driving forces behind the anti-vaccine movement to one degree or another since the beginning. According to the World Health Organization, there were 110,000 deaths worldwide from measles in 2017. So this is a serious problem globally. To date, there have not been any deaths among the estimated 880 measles cases in the United States in 2019. But in all reality, these cases shouldn't exist at all for a disease that was declared eliminated in the United States in 2000. So there's something to think about there. According to the New York State Health Department, regarding evaluating reliable vaccine resources, you can't trust everything you read. I think we all know that to one degree or another. And it's important to apply that rule of thumb whenever you hear or read about immunizations or vaccine safety. And certainly the explosion of social media enables people to find out what strangers, celebrities, and lay people have to say about this. And it's sometimes hard to distinguish fact from opinion. There are a number of resources in the community, and the New York State Health Department has a very good one. If you search on evaluating reliable vaccine resources, it will take you to a New York State Health Department page that really talks about this and talks about evaluating this kind of information in rational terms. Focus on the science and overcoming vaccine hesitancy. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this timely and important podcast. Thank you.